Hello, my name is Dr. Bertrand Liang, and welcome to Patient Stories, episodes about some remarkable people whom I've met through the opportunity of being a physician. Illness certainly affects us all in different ways. Mr. L was a complicated soul. He entered my clinic dressed in the usual bright orange jumpsuit with accompanying foot shackles apropos to the adornment of those who are incarcerated but coming to the hospital for specialty care. He was accompanied by two guards who appeared bored and while paying attention to Mr. L otherwise were very nonchalant and certainly less than enthusiastic to be in a tight clinical exam room with a prisoner and doctor. I asked Mr. L what he was visiting us for and he told me he was having issues with blurred vision and dizziness with occasional headaches, especially during the morning. We began to go over his history, and it seemed that he had some of these symptoms going back over a year, just about the time his incarceration was starting. He thought it might just be a reaction to, to the knowledge that he was going to be put away for several years, which apparently was due to an issue with stealing cars. While he was only about 35 years old, he looked much older, which perhaps was due to his hard life on the street, growing up in the dark reaches of East St. Louis, and having, as he put it, to fight his way out of the city. Nobody gives you a break, he noted. I found that stealing was a lot easier than getting a conventional job, especially if you have no address, no references, and no one who really cares. He showed absolutely no expression, but I did note there was an asymmetry in his face, which I asked him about. I don't know, he replied, but said as well, we don't make ourselves pretty inside. He told me he used to drink heavily, but that being in prison had broken him of that habit but he still smoked one pack of cigarettes a day. He didn't know his parents. He'd been in foster homes as long as he could remember in his youth, and the closest he had was a relative uh, in San Sacramento who was a brother he'd only rarely communicated with. I just need you to fix my eyes, he told me. You have to know what's coming at you always where we are, he said with a particular emphasis and looking over at the guards. I had to ask the guards to remove the restraints from Mr. L to examine him. While the guards grumbled about this, they ceded to this request. However, it was difficult to get Mr. L to fully cooperate with the examination, given his focus on his vision. However, I did not find that he had decreased visual acuity, but rather a constricted field that was only in his left eye. I couldn't see inside his eye with my ophthalmoscope, since he didn't like having a bright eye shining in his eyes. He told me that, hey, this isn't an interrogation. But, as well... He also had a slight facial droop on the same side, with a droopy eyelid as well, and his pupils were asymmetric, with the left eye being smaller. While he was right-handed, he was definitely more uncoordinated on the right, and significantly so, particularly in the upper extremity. The patient noted that he'd always been this way, since he'd fallen down some stairs a year or so ago. I asked him if his brother had any of these symptoms, and his reply was, don't know, don't care. Both his legs were weak but the guards noted that he'd had on the shackles all day, and that made walking very difficult for inmates. As a neurologist, I wanted to put his problem only in a single part of his nervous system. However, I could not localize his problem to one place at all, which was frustrating. But I couldn't jibe his clinical story with his symptoms. It was like he had several things going on which violate something often quoted in the medical rounds and from sages of medicine when hospitals were all made of wood and germ theory was but in its infancy. Something called Occam's razor, which is the law of parsimony, or looking for the simplest or one thing that can account for all of what you see before you clinically. Metabolic or autoimmune types of things can account for such diversity of findings, 
as can, of course, genetic syndromes that affect different systems. Well, I knew this wouldn't be popular with either the patient or the guards, I had to tell them that this would require more testing to assess all the symptoms and signs I've seen as well as more formal ophthalmologic assessment, which would, of course, require formal evaluation of his fundi. The guards asked me to put all of this down on the sheet that I was handed to me, which I did, and then I told them that after these tests were done, I would need to see the patient once again. We then scheduled the patient for imaging, clinical evaluation, and lab tests. To my surprise, with every iteration of testing, I received a phone call, initially from the lab, that there was blood in the patient's urine, to which I noted was not associated with any anemia, but for which I followed up with scheduling a renal ultrasound. A couple of days later, the MRI scanners called me. I needed to come down to the suite and take a look at the patient's films. There were multiple small tumors in his cerebellum, especially on the left, and there was a lesion in his left neck at the level of the carotid artery as well. These seemed to be very vascular and accounted for some of the diversity of symptoms Mr. L had demonstrated. I was starting to get the picture of a genetic disorder and ordered more lab tests that needed to be sent to a specialized genetic center. A few days later, the ophthalmologist called and noted that the patient had a lesion in his left eye, highly suggested of a hemangioblastoma. Finally, one day later, the ultrasound radiology fellow called me and told me that the patient had a small mass on the right kidney suggestive of a tumor. There was no doubt that Mr. L had a genetic syndrome, and the answer came two weeks later, von Hippel-Lindau syndrome, which is associated with central nervous system hemangioblastomas and renal cell tumors. When Mr. L came back to see me, I was somewhat concerned about his reaction to his diagnosis. I needn't have been concerned, since when he came back into the examination room, he noted, Hey doc, must be something wrong, since I had to come back here so many times. He smiled. At least it got me out of the house. I proceeded to inform him of his genetic diagnosis, of the issues with the tumors, that most of it was treatable, but that he would be needed to be followed very closely from now on to ensure that if anything got worse, we could catch it early. He didn't say anything at first and just looked at the floor for a moment or two. This is something, he said. What's next? I told Mr. L that he needed to go to the urologist for an opinion on surgery, as well as a retinal specialist on the therapy for his eye. You'll need to see a lot of us for some time, I said, but that's what we're here for. He replied, well, I'm pretty effed up then, but less time in the concrete house. Well, Mr. L was treated to remove the tumors in his eye as well as that in the kidney, which were, as expected, most likely due to his von Hippel-Lindau syndrome. As we followed up, he became very much involved in the church, and every time I saw him afterward, he would have a copy of the Bible with him and would quote some scripture appropriate to our specific clinic visit. My understanding is that he called the diagnosis a, quote, gift from God, unquote, and that his interface with us at the university hospital was a divine sign. Until I left that practice, I know that he was still being followed there and had been entered into the registry for these particular kinds of patients. I also know that he became quite a comforter to those in need. He could be seen in the waiting room in his orange jumpsuit, ministering to those whom he felt to be out of sorts, or whom he perceived to have been overtly suffering. At least in our clinic, he became a bit of a hero, and even the guards seemed to cut him some slack.
I was just glad we were able to catch his disease early enough. The changes in his personality were truly an icing on the cake. Thank you very much for joining me for Patient Stories. Be happy, be healthy, and find peace.